Hi, I'm Walter Hallam, and you're listening today to the Walter Hallam Ministries podcast. Get ready to receive a powerful word from God today. If you will, this afternoon, just for a few minutes, I'm going to teach on something that is very strong in my spirit right now and becoming stronger all the time. Uh, There are times and seasons when God begins to put emphasis on elements of the kingdom of God that you and I are a part of, and He begins to emphasize it. And uh, I I just want to talk about prayer, and I'm going to call it prayer that gets answers. Hallelujah. There are many types of prayer in the scripture when you begin to uh, read and you'll see that uh, prayer, of course, is not just uh, praying over our food. And thank God we should sanctify our food with the word of God and prayer. How many of you know that's in your Bible? And so you should. You should take a moment and just pray and thank God. And thank God that uh, sickness and disease and all of those things do not... Listen, I recommend you do that over your money, much less over your food. I I saw a statistic here just recently that said by the time... If someone has a $20 bill, a brand new $20 bill, and it gets into circulation, within somewhere around six to eight weeks in circulation, it has touched just about every known disease, the germs of almost ever known disease in America have touched that money. That's an interesting thought. So uh, it'd be good to do two things. Uh, Obey God with your money. Thought I'd say that. The second thing, wash your hands. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Can you imagine what's in some people's pocket where they keep their money in their wallet? Oh my goodness, I don't even want to go there. So we're people that pray and we pray in line with the Word of God. Uh, Always be careful. I I don't even know why I just said that that way, but I think I'll say it just like this. Be careful when you give money to your children that they don't put it in their mouth. Hallelujah. Uh, I believe you'll find out if you'll use a little wisdom in those areas that uh, there won't be near as many diseases and things that you have to, or sicknesses that you have to deal with and uh, overcome. But uh, praise the Lord. Uh, when, you, when you have an ink pen, I wonder who I'm talking to for this for some reason all of a sudden. Just be real wise about it. Whatever you do, uh, especially if it's something you've got out in public, uh, make sure you don't ever put that in your mouth like the end of it. You ever seen people put those things that chew on them and stuff? I'd really recommend you not do that. Hallelujah. Man, I sound like my mama. I can hear my mama talking right now. Good night. Sometimes I open my mouth and my mama comes out. Here we go. Matthew chapter 6 this evening. Jesus is speaking about prayer. And you give me just a moment right here. I believe in Jesus' name, God will begin to speak to us. I'll go as far as I uh, do this evening. And then the next time we get together, I'll continue this topic for a while. And we'll just do it until. Because there's so much in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, I do thank you that ears are opening and eyes in the Spirit are opening up on the power of prayer 
and how God answers prayer and how we can cooperate with the spirit realm. You said what we bind on earth is bound in heaven. What we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Lord, we do not want to bind on earth what you've loosed. And we don't want to loose on earth what you bound. I pray, God, you'll give us wisdom and understanding by the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. So all of our life, we can be great warriors in the Spirit and servants in prayer and faith. In Jesus' name, shout amen if you agree. And so... Verse 6, if you would, please. But now when thou prayest, enter into your closet, enter into your house, into your private place. Look me right in the face for a moment. I've had people say, well, that means that you should take the, uh, I think it's called a caliph, and put it over your head, a shawl over your head, and all of that. That is a custom that was in uh, the Middle East that when they would pray, they would become private in their prayer. You and I can just become private sometimes when we pray. Now, not all prayer is private prayer. Hallelujah. And I know there's people that, that they're going to do this prayer shawls. And if you want to get your faith out for that, hallelujah. That'd be the same thing as someone having an anointing and they take a, just a, a piece of cloth uh, in, in the book of Acts. Uh, it all has to do with faith. It's not what weight the cloth is. It's not the size of the cloth. It's the size of faith. Where your faith is touching something in the name of Jesus and expecting God to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there are times when, we can, uh, when you'll see that take place. Uh, but we do know that Jesus would get alone and pray. Uh, he prayed publicly and he prayed privately. Every time Jesus prayed, he didn't cover his head and get under a, uh, a tent, so to speak, and do that. One time he came up to a, a graveyard. And before he had him roll the stone away, he said, Father, I, I'm praying now because I want them to know that you always hear. And then he said, Lazarus, come forth. Only he probably said it uh, in a pretty powerful way. I thought, man, it's a good thing that he said Lazarus. Because you let Jesus go in a graveyard and say, come forth. And I'm just telling you right now, you're about to have pandemonium break out. I can imagine how many people must have been in that graveyard. Uh, he, he named them like that. One time Jesus was praying and he was praying. He, he was praying for an hour. And when he was praying, he asked his disciples, can't you tarry one hour? And here comes Judas and, and all of his uh, squad with him, you know, and uh, they decide they're going to uh, catch him. And he says, uh, I am he. And when he did, the power of God came forth and they all fell backwards on the ground. Yes. And uh, he said, no, no one takes me. I'm giving myself. Yes. And so he gave himself. He told Peter, he said, you know, put the sword away because if you, if you rescue me and, and I live, uh, because of that weapon, then we're all going to die. That's what he said when he said, if we live or if I escape because of the sword, then we all die. He, uh, Peter didn't, still didn't know that he was on the way to bring eternal life. So he said, if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. Well, thank God, uh, Jesus allowed himself 
uh, to die for you and me. But when he said that, when he said, uh, I am, or I am he, and when he said that, uh, the Bible says in the book of Luke, up comes a little boy or a young, uh, young boy. Actually, it's once again that same word there for like a teenage boy. Uh, and the Bible says he's uh, in grave clothes. The same word for swaddling clothes. He's in what, which were grave clothes. He's wrapped like he's in a... And the Bible says he comes just walking up. How many of y'all read that in your Bible? It's in your Bible. It's in King James, you know. And he comes walking up like that. And when he does, the guards grabbed him, the Scripture says, and they pulled, and when they did, his clothes came off, and he was totally naked underneath, and he ran off naked. Hallelujah. So I've wondered for years... Or I did from the time I was in Sunday school. You know, we'd teach it and no one ever knew who that guy was. And I can't say for a fact I know who he is, but uh, I actually believe that when Jesus said, I am he, and bam, the power of God hit those guards and they all hit the ground. I believe it, 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 it caused something in the spirit realm and, and in the natural realm because uh, just a, a few hours later, there, there was earthquakes and the tornado, uh, the, the elements were doing what they were doing and darkness was everywhere, the Bible says. And, and there were seen walking through the streets, many of the old people that had died in faith. They were waiting for a Messiah, but they had not seen a Messiah. And the Bible says they were seen walking through the streets. Wave your hand if you've read that in your Bible. That's in your Bible. So I'm not so sure that this young uh, boy, probably somewhere around 15 to 17 years old, when Jesus said, I am he, he probably just, bam, came up out of that grave because you can be sure if they were looking for a Messiah when they died, they died in faith. Uh, they knew that uh, especially at some point, the Redeemer would come. I mean, Job would say things like, all I know is if skin worms destroy my flesh, one day I'll see God. I'm going to see him. I know I'm going to trust God all the way. And those who died in faith, of course, Jesus, the Bible says, led them out of that captivity. The, uh, the scripture says he led captivity captive. Have you all read that? And something happened in those three days and three nights. And, and so when that uh, boy came up, Jesus had been over here praying for an hour and he was so fired up and so charged up. I mean, he's God in flesh. And when the uh, uh, guards and Judas and all of them came to get him, he just said, I am he. And the power of God hit everything. It was like a Benny Hinn conference. Everybody hit the floor, you know, everybody, just a whole section fell. And uh, the scripture says, of course, then up walks this boy. And the guards grabbed him. And when it came, his clothes came off, uh, the, the swaddling that he had wrapped around him, he was naked. So obviously he had, uh, somebody that had been in one of those graves. Uh, I, I truly believe that. I think he was looking for that Messiah because he heard that. And uh, is it any wonder, because one day the Lord's going to come back, the scripture says, yes. with a shout, the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God. And guess what's going to happen first? The dead in Christ, their bodies are going to come back alive. Their bodies will, the spirit's already with the Lord. Their body will come up out of the grave. Oh, hallelujah. Just think a body with no spots or wrinkles. Just think about that. And hair. <laughs> Jesus said, when you pray, uh, enter into your closet, 
This is one of the teachings on prayer. Once again, every time you pray is not private prayer. Uh, when you pray, he said, and when you shut your door, pray to the Father uh, who, is, who is in secret. Uh, he's in that area that is unrevealed. Uh, the Greek word is the word K-R-U-P-T-O, krupto. And uh, it just literally means secret or unrevealed. Uh, he said, pray to the Father who is in secret. And that Father who seeth in secret shall reward you openly. Have you ever been around people that seems like everything they do, blessings follow them? I'm talking about Christians. It just seems like everything they do, blessings are following them. They're always talking about uh, something good happening to them. And, and uh, they got a praise report all the time. Praise the Lord. Yes. Well, oftentimes that's a result if you saw them when they're by themselves. Uh, they take time and pray. And they talk to the Father by themselves. Hallelujah. And the Bible says God rewards people openly. You know, if God rewards me openly, I'm going to talk about it. And if God rewards me privately, depending on what it is, I'm probably going to talk about it that too. Because I'm going to give God the glory, whether it's public or not. Uh, we're going to give God all of the praise. And the Bible says, uh, but when you pray, do not use vain repetitions. Now watch this. As the heathen. You'll notice the, the word do is in uh, italics, and I'm reading out of King James. It's italicized, and uh, when you see those little italicized letters and words, it's because they weren't in the original text. Uh, but the translators, after translating the original to get an English continuity and what they believe the thought was, uh, sometimes you'll see them do that. They'll add that to try to complete the thought or complete the sentence. And so Jesus said it like this. So when you pray, uh, be not, uh, when you pray, use not vain repetitions. Everybody say vain. vain. Now listen, it's important to hear what I'm going to tell you. Uh, for, for people that, uh, that sometimes strain at the fact that they might pray the same thing more than once. Uh, you can pray and use the Word of God all of your life as much as you possibly can. And it's not vain repetition. It may be repetition, but it's not vain repetition. Uh, thank God for faith repetition. Come on. How about love repetition? How about praise repetition? There's a big difference in that in vain repetition. And so he said they're doing that because of their own vanity. They think that because they do that, they're going to get extra brownie points and God will hear them, and of course, they are the Pharisees, and they were doing that publicly. So they were kind of ranking over other people uh, by the way they could do their chants and their, their prayers and those things of that nature, and they were not praying in faith. They were not praying to recognize the Messiah, who was God in flesh walking among them. So if you pray the same thing more than one time, don't let the devil tell you, that what you're doing uh, is not right because you're not praying like the pastor prays or something like that. No, you just say, wait a minute, I'm going to talk to the Father in the name of Jesus and I'm going to pray what I know to pray and I'll believe God to know more later. But if I, uh, if I have to pray the same thing over and over and over, I'm going to do it in faith. I'm going to do it expecting that God hears me 
And then I'm going to identify myself as your son. And I'm going to ask you, Lord, for my need. That's what the head of the church, Jesus, said do when you pray. And he said, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you what you ask him for. Isn't that beautiful? Can you think right now of something that you want God to do in your life? This is 30 seconds, and then I want you to sit back down. Everybody stand up. We're just going to learn to pray uh, according to the Word of God. And I believe by the time we finish this little series uh, that you will have a liberty and a flow in prayer. A flow in prayer. And I, I watched it when, when, our, when our daughters, our, all three of our daughters, when they were growing up, and if you grew up in this church, uh, then when our, our kids were growing up, you'll know I, I didn't put them up in the pulpit. I never did. I think well, one of our daughters, uh, when she was 16 or 17, 16, started singing in the praise team or in the choir or something. And that was the first time we just never did it. Uh, we raised our, our daughters in, in, in the house of God. And the first time I ever put, like Catherine, first time I ever put her uh, uh, and asked her, would you, would you stand up and pray? And I knew she was just going to just be traumatized by me saying that. I just knew that was going to happen. She took the microphone and started praying like a woman from another world. You say, well, how does that happen? I mean, it just flowing. How does that happen? Because she had a private prayer life. Do you understand what the point I'm saying? So when you and I in private talk to God, it's amazing how you begin to develop yourself for the public side. Hallelujah. And so it's the Father's good pleasure, John uh, John, Jesus said in John 12 and John 14 to answer your prayer. So right now, we're just going to call God our Father. And the Scripture says that everything we do in word or deed, we do in the name of Jesus. We do it in the name of Jesus. Jesus is not just a ceremonial tag that's at the end of our prayers. No, no, no. It's the trigger. It's the activator. It's the, it's the key that opens up between the natural and the spiritual realm. When you speak the name of Jesus in faith, in relationship to our Lord and Savior, the spirit realm knows about it. And that's how you and I have access. Because the scripture says, He ever lives to make intercession for us. Jesus continually keeps the door open for anybody who will in faith call upon Him. So for 30 seconds, I want you to just lift your hands to the Lord and I want you to begin to pray and call God your Father and just tell God you love Him and ask Him for what you have need of. Father, I thank You in Jesus' name that You are the great God. You are our Father and that we are Your children. I am Your Son. And I thank You, Father, You are the God who hears and answers prayer. And you said that we could come before you and we could ask as your child, you being the father and us your child, born again, filled with your spirit. I thank you for divine health and strength in my family. I thank you for it in my body. I thank you, Father, in the church, open doors in the ministry. I thank you, Lord, that our witness is effective when we live and talk of the kingdom of God and the lifestyle of a believer in this world. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that we will receive the blessings and you'll receive the glory. 
Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering prayer. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. amen. Glory to God. Be seated. Just be seated. Watch this right now. We'll call him Father. But when you pray, use not vain repetition as the heathen do. Uh, the word heathen right here has a, a broad connotation. But let's just say it like this. First of all, it would be like those that were in cults, those that were in, in false religions. Uh, oftentimes it denoted uh, Gentiles who were in total darkness, uh, who had nothing to do with Jehovah God and had never heard about the light of, of, of the Son of God, the one who would come and reveal uh, the Father. Uh, that's the Son, that's Jesus. And oftentimes they would be referred to as a heathen. And so he said they would have their chants, they have their incantations, and it got over into Israel, and he said the Pharisees were hooked up with some of that. And they were taking what is precious and what is real and what is powerful, um, and they had changed it into almost a cultic chant. And they thought it would give them some uh, type of superiority over the rest of the temple if they did that. I'd like to tell you, you'd just as well be saying, twinkle, twinkle, little star. Uh, because the Bible says, without faith, come on, shout faith. faith. And he's talking about faith that comes from hearing the Word of God. Without the God kind of faith in us, it is impossible to please God. It didn't say without love. It didn't say without patience. It didn't say without money. It didn't say anything like that. It says without faith. Faith is simply believing the Word of God. Now listen, and believing God, trusting God according to His Word. You can't just make and conjure up your own concept of God uh, because that would be cultism. Uh, there's only one God. There's only one begotten Son. And there's only one Holy Spirit. And I have good news. They're all revealed today by the Word and the Spirit of God. And so they should be the same worldwide uh, uh, ages without end. It should always be the same. If we stick with the Word, hallelujah, then we won't have all of the craziness that God gets all of the blame for. Uh, we just stick with the Word. Come on, just touch somebody real quick and say, stick with the Word. Glory to God. Just stick with the Word. Stick with the Word. Let me see if I can get through the, the rest of this verse. But when you pray, use not vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard because of their much uh, repeating, their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of. Yeah. Now watch this. Before you ask. Uh, can, can I segue for just 10 seconds here? Don't let the devil tell you that God doesn't know you. You're a child of God. God knows not only you, but He knows what you have need of. You say, well, if God knows what I have need of, then why don't you just give me everything I need? God is bound according to the Scripture to His own Word. And He said, I want my children to talk to me. That's why He created a man in the garden originally. He created Adam so he could walk in the garden and commune with his man and his man with God. That's what the Bible says. 
And uh, he's still that way today. God loves his family. How many of you love your family? How many of you love at least two out of the three kids you got, huh? You know what I mean? And uh, sure you do. And it's very necessary. The inside of you as a parent or a grandparent, just to hear, just call them on the phone. They call you. It just does something to you. I mean, especially if they call and ask for money, it does something else to you. you know. But no, it does something to you because there's a connection in the, in the soul there. Uh, they're a part of you and you're a part of them. It's a powerful thing. It's very powerful. Well, uh, when you have been born into his kingdom by his spirit and his blood, then there is a connection there where you don't like to go to sleep at night until you've talked to your father and magnified his name. You don't want to start your day off without thinking on the things of God and speaking the things of God and thanking God that you've got another day to start with. Hallelujah. Uh, To fulfill the plan that God has for your life. Uh, You should always give God the praise. Always magnify the Lord. And whatever you do, just get you one of those praise phrases in your mouth. Does anybody know what I mean when I say that? Get, I mean, just, just get you a praise phrase. You say, oh, I wish I was spiritual like the pastor. No, you don't. You just be spiritual like you. But it, uh, some things are universal in the kingdom. Of, uh, come up and help me. Uh, some things are very necessary. And that is to always honor God and to magnify the Lord and to give Him praise. I like to say, oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. All is well. Thank you, Lord. Shikamosai. That's my own right there. No, we're going to give all the time. That's right. No, we're going to give God the praise. You say, well, what if things aren't going the way they're supposed to? Well, it's not over yet. I mean, before you get to, uh, you know, before you get to the other side of, of the Red Sea, you still have to go through it before. And God just makes a way. Before you get over to the promised land, you still have to cross Jordan. God just makes the way. Uh, And when you pray and your answer, you're believing you receive. Now, listen, we're not like microwave popcorn. Y'all know what I mean? You just ask God and then pop, pop, pop. Everything happens instantly. Well, in the spirit realm, God heard you the minute you prayed. And some things happen quicker than others. There's no two ways about it. But if you will not get off of your faith, uh, two things are taking place when you pray. And you pray, and I'm not even talking about praying in the Holy Ghost yet. I'm just talking about praying with the Word and your, your new recreated spirit. Uh, two things are taking place. First of all, you're activating the Spirit of God in your life, and God will begin to cooperate in uh, your, His plan, and you will be cooperating with God. You will bind, you will loose what he bound and he loosed. So we need wisdom so we're not binding up what he loosed. Uh, for instance, if, if you get a bad report because you went and had a medical checkup and your doctor says, all right, here's your MRI and here's your, all of these kind of stuff and this is what you're up against and it's pretty difficult. It's a tough thing what you're up against right there. Uh, at that point, We are not people who just say, well, that's it. It's all over. I'm going to die. That's it. I'm just going to die. No, 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 we're not that way. Now, you may go to heaven. 
But how many of you are glad that hell cannot threaten you with heaven? Come on, we understand that you're more alive than you are right now because you can never physically die again. Oh, glory to God. So the next time the devil tries to threaten you with that, just remember, uh, you say, no, 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 I'm sticking with the Word. Use wisdom. Wisdom says treat your body. Be wise with all of those things. Listen to good counsel and good advice. That's wisdom. Because it takes wisdom to have length of days and wealth, the Bible says. Length of days are in your right hand and wealth and riches are in the left hand. I may have read that in Proverbs. That's in your scripture. And that's what wisdom does, the, the, the scripture says. And so we're people who believe God. But the second thing that takes place, you say, well, what if I die uh, and, and I die? Until you have died, you can be sure you're laying up rewards in heaven. Uh, so when you get to the other side, uh, can I just say you're not going to be broke? The Bible says gold, silver, precious stone, all of that's in heaven. That's uh, Nowhere in the Bible does it say that something like that is just uh, a comparison of some kind. No, Jesus taught about it. Uh, there are whole books just about written about it. And uh, it's probably the least talked about thing in the entire Bible by preachers today. The reality of eternity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm thanking God for a big mansion when I get to heaven. You say, oh, I just want a cabin in the corner of glory land. Sorry, it's not in the Bible. It's not there. So, I mean, you can want that all you want, but you're going to have to get that out of your head. And so, as you stay faithful to the Lord in the midst of a trial that you're going through, not only are you building yourself up, you are affecting others if you stay strong in the Lord and use wisdom and what you're doing. You're impacting other people in a way that, that you have no idea how that person is going to strengthen themselves and follow the Lord. But you're also laying up great rewards in heaven by staying faithful in a time of tribulation, a time of trial, a time of testing. Uh, because the devil is going to try to test your faith. Thank God uh, when, when the battle is the, uh, the kingdom of darkness against faith that comes from hearing the word of God, look me right in the face. You're going to win that one. Amen. Just keep pulling the trigger in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm talking about with your tongue and with your spirit. Now listen, I'm going to say this one more time because it's really important that people understand this. It's one thing to look and see something and in the natural, it almost look impossible. And your mind to say that's impossible. That's one thing. That could be your first reaction. As long as in your spirit, in the you inside, there's that other voice, that still small voice that's saying, but I know God's able to do all of that. I, I, it, but, but I know, I believe, I'm seeing this and it doesn't look good. Now, which one of those two are you going to activate in your life? Let me tell you how to do it. It's called your words. It's called your, your tongue. It's what you say. And you don't need to let the doubt and unbelief get down in your heart. 
Because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. And when you do, you're releasing the will of God in that situation. And he said, his word is like a hammer that keeps hitting a rock. You know what happens when you keep hitting a rock with a hammer? You hit it long enough, you're going to have, listen, a breakthrough. You're going to change that whole situation. If you'll believe in your heart and speak the word of God with your mouth. And when the doubts try to get in your head, don't allow them to stay there. Look, it's not, it's not wrong to have a natural understanding of something. Naturally. Uh, because you are a natural person as well as a spiritual being. And so you see something and you go, oh my goodness, that, that, that's bad. That situation's tough. I have no idea how my family's going to survive that. I don't know uh, where the money's going to come from. I don't know how healing is going to come. I've, I've never heard of somebody getting healed with that. That may be the first inclination. But inside you're like, but I do serve Jehovah Rapha. And your spirit man is saying, because you know, you got two voices. Everybody listening to me. You got one that will say something and, and then you'll hear that second voice. That still small voice. Now, maturity is when you renew, Ephesians 4 says, you renew the spirit of your mind. When you renew the thought reflex of your mind, in the course of time, you're studying the Word of God and you're experiencing God and you make a decision uh, where before long, instead of, well, I laid hands on that person and they have sickness, I sure hope I don't get sick. Instead of that, because inside you're like, well, I know Jesus will heal them, but your mind will be like, be careful that you'll get sick. Until you begin to change that a little bit. And that you keep overcoming and casting down that particular thought until you're saying, well, the devil better not let that person get in my way because I'm going to bring healing in the name of Jesus when I come. I'm going to lay my hands on them and I'm not going to get what they have, but they're going to get what I have in Jesus' name. Are you understanding? There comes a point where doubt and fear will be overcome by the same token that can be in your own life. So we just make some choices. We make some decisions. We're going to call him father. And then we're going to ask. And depending, and we'll pick it up in other, in, in other messages. And sometimes we don't ask the father, the Bible says. Sometimes we ask for something to be bound. And the word is in the, in the English is the same word, but it's two different words. One of them means an appeal to God, an appeal I'm asking as a, as a child. The other one means a demand. One of them, Jesus says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give it you. And then He goes on another chapter and He says, and whatever you ask in my name, it will, it will happen. He didn't say whatever you ask the Father the second time. He said whatever you ask, and that word means to demand command or require. We're not demanding or commanding God. Hallelujah. No, no, no. We're loving God. 
But sometimes you're dealing with you're dealing with a wolf. And you tell it to go in Jesus' name. You understand what I'm saying? And it's not like I'm begging God for that to go. The Lord's like, uh, time out. You're my child. I have equipped you. It's all right if you want to pray and build yourself up before you deal with it. But I gave you the authority over that. Now you rise up and use that authority and speak what's in your heart and cast down the imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring those thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Christ, of the anointing. This is Walter Hallam, and I want to thank you for listening today and just receiving that good word of God that you've gotten off of this podcast. You know, bringing a podcast to you, it's free to you, but it costs to take the gospel of Jesus to the world. You can be a partner. You can help support. Uh, Men and women I found are so generous when the word of God is coming into their life. They want to help take that gospel to someone else. You can text to give today to 832-981-1601. And you can give any support, any amount, and it will be a great blessing. And it will help take the gospel of Jesus uh, to someone else. We'll go the next day and the next day. So text to give today, 832-981-1601. And I want to thank you in advance because without you and with others who support, it would be so difficult for us to get the good news of Jesus Christ into this great generation. Do your part today. Thanks for helping. I love you. I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.